0: Welcome to uh, COVID-19 season spectacular <laughs> What the Policy. I was trying to come up with a name and I came up with Corona. What? <laughs> yeah, so that's where we're at. Uh, so firstly, for new listeners, What the Policy is a podcast where young people talk about public policy issues, how it all works. um other things but basically we're talking about policy without the politics and we're trying to talk about it without the confusing language so uh, the voice that you hear is mine my name is Rosanna I am the I suppose the host even though I just I don't feel like a host um, so I just finished a master's in public policy I currently work in consulting to government and I am very passionate about communicating public policy and engaging young people in policy making. Uh, so that's why I am here. And sitting across from me inside our house is my, my co-host. Oh, God. She's, she's not very confident about being called a co-host yet, but I have great plans. Introducing Penny White. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> so I'm going to introduce Penny. Uh, A little bit more information about Penny. She is my housemate, which is why she partly has been co-opted into (laughs) being my co-host for this COVID-19 season. I couldn't escape. No, she had no choice. Uh, So Penny, you study a Master of International Relations and you work in clinical research with elderly people. Correct. (laughs) My interpretation, more or less. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. And Penny is great fun. And she's very smart. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So Penny, my amazing housemate, my co-host of insert name of season that I still haven't come up with. Undetermined number. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so the plan for this special season of talking about policy in relation to COVID-19 is that. We want to put out short episodes where we talk about a question or a policy topic that's come up in the news, in discussions with your friends over, you know, FaceTime because social distancing. Um, but yeah, we really wanted to bring the bring the policy conversation about COVID nineteen to young people, and also talk about the really awesome initiatives that young people are doing. To counteract some of the really serious issues that have come about because of the, not just the health crisis, but the economic crisis, as our Prime Minister of Australia said Mm. not too long ago.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's just an important thing that, like, it's a great platform that you have, Rosanna.
0: (laughs) My very professional setup.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At our kitchen table. Um. I think, yeah, no, I think it's an important platform that you have that you can actually, that we can actually discuss policy with, like, some good thing can come out of the crisis that, like, we're having at the moment. Yes. Like, I don't think we're here to talk about COVID-19 as a thing but like the policy that comes out of it
0: absolutely we are not health experts <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> just to,
0: <laughs> just please. to reiterate
1: we do not know anything about
0: health <laughs> no please please do not ask about symptoms or just general things like if you that. have a
1: rash go get it checked by a doctor <laughs>
0: <laughs> do not write to us um but yes you're exactly right i think i really wanted to bring a bit of positivity as well to this whole situation, I know both of us have found it really hard at times over the past couple Definitely. of weeks. I mean, it kind of felt like out of nowhere we were just going about everyday life, and then suddenly we were preparing for the apocalypse. Yeah. Is what it felt like.
1: It's China. a real generational thing. Like yeah. our generation hasn't gone through something like this, especially in Australia, mm. and it's scary. Yeah, that freedoms are being limited.
0: Yes, for the, f-
1: for the first time in our generation. And it's a scary thought.
0: Absolutely. Which is definitely something we will touch on, I guess. Thinking about the policy dynamic. Yeah. About democracy and freedom of movement and everything. Yes, very excited about that. So uh, for this episode, our introductory episode, uh, which has mainly involved us cackling <laughs> <laughs> at our own jokes, that's okay. We are very funny. We, well, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> funny. I could claim that I'm really not. I have a very obscure sense of humour. I think chasing seagulls is funny. <laughs> anyway, um, so this episode we're going to talk about just some general things we found really interesting from a policy perspective. So the uh, the purpose of that is that hopefully you'll be interested, and we'll probably cover what we talk about now in future episodes if you are also interested. Yeah, I've confused myself, but the point is we're just going to talk. (laughs) Um, And then I also wanted to share two stories of young people specifically that have been doing really incredible things for their community uh, as part of their response to COVID-19. And then, oh, we're really, we've got a big agenda. The final thing we want to talk about is respond to a question that we got on Instagram about the difference between state and federal responsibilities in Australia. Yes. And then, oh, I forgot something. The end of our agenda is going to be maybe me, maybe Penny, maybe both of us trying to download the coronavirus app that the Australian government has produced. Oh, is that what you were talking about? Yeah. Penny was very confused when (laughs) we brought it up. Um, But there's also a WhatsApp group you can join. So we will do that live. Well, quote unquote live. It's not really live, but it's
1: not live, but it's live for us because <laughs> we're doing it at it'll the be, time
0: it'll that be, we're recording. We'll never forget this moment. <laughs> uh, okay, so first up, first up, Penny. Yes. Uh, so what are some of the things that have jumped out to you from a policy perspective with this whole COVID 19 situation? Would you like me to go first?
1: <laughs> I love it how you ask the question and then you offer to go first. <laughs>
0: I could just see you looking slightly like, oh boy, (laughs) where do I go with this? Um, So, okay, well, how about I uh, set the scene with this really interesting concept that I've heard from, uh, his name is Sam Cawthorn. He is, uh, he won Australian, or Tasmanian of the Year, I think, quite a few years back. He's a very uh, well-renowned public speaker, and he talks about this concept of Rather than bouncing back from a crisis or bouncing back from, you know, being knocked down, you bounce forward. So why would we bounce back to the way that things used to be when we can bounce forward? And I think that kind of sets the scene of what we're hoping to talk about in this special season. You couldn't see my little dance move that I did. It's probably for the best. Yeah. 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 Anyway. (laughs) Um, so some things that I found really interesting is, well, what does this whole situation mean for how we think about delivery of education, for example? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Penny, you're in the middle of your master's and this <laughs> has been a, very disruptive. It's very disruptive.
1: Um, I mean, everything has gone online in a very quick and unprecedented way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's. I think as university students, I mean, let's be honest, most of us don't go out, go to our lectures anyway. Are we? <laughs> nope just me. <laughs> it
0: was looking like <laughs> agree with me. It's support.
1: True. support. It's true. <laughs> um, but you should, you should go to your tutorials and well, all your now. lectures, and no, not now. <laughs> Distance yourself. We're not health experts. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's really put a strain. I mean, I was actually taking a, a language this semester and I decided yeah. to drop out of it because I just didn't think that online learning for a language is going to be suitable for me. Mm. And so I think, you know, there are a lot of students, um, especially international students who don't know where they stand because, um, like housing, edu- like with their course and everything, if they drop subjects, their visa is going to be implicated. And it's like, it's a really scary time. You've got first years going to university who, who knows when we're going to be able to go back to university Mm. and like, maybe it's going to be next year. And then those first years are going to be like those second years are going to be like first years. And then we're going to have two sets of first years and it's going to be two groups of Jaffies and we're all going to go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Also, I saw something I think today about what does this mean for people in their last year of high school? similar situation. Well, I mean,
1: I think we've spoken about this before, like yeah. with year 12, I mean, I know everyone tells you it's not the end of the world, but when you're in year 12, it does feel like the end of the world. Mm. And you feel like if you don't succeed here, you're not going to get anywhere. And if, if I was in year 12, I would be very stressed right now.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it, it, this also makes me think about, I, I think what COVID-19 is doing is almost It's putting a light or it's exposing some of these underlying issues we have, whether it's in our education system, whether it's in our social support system. Um, So what I'm getting at is the whole careers advice or career trajectory situation. So the pressure you feel in year 12, I think, is partly because society tells us, you know, do well at year 12, get a score, get into university, do your degree, get a job. And that's kind of all you're told whereas when you leave high school you realize that the world is changing so rapidly and this idea of this idea of a career in one job is so outdated
1: yes Mm. i also think it's exposing a fact that's maybe not with policy
0: Mm.
1: but that you know we are the online generation and the generations after us are the internet generation but you can't do everything with the internet no, there are certain things that online can't give you. Yeah, and that I think we're finding that that's so important now.
0: Exactly, and also I guess tied to that, not just thinking about well, what jobs are really at risk um, if they can go with online technology, if they can't, what are you know what's critical, what's not, what can we not go without? Um, it's also our the policy that is responsible for our underlying infrastructure mm-hmm. in Australia so the nvn my uh, my brother sent me this amazing meme about the NBN. <laughs> i will post it are you're you gonna describe post... the meme <laughs> i mean i can try it's okay it's got that it's like this kind of puppet um uh hang on do you mean kermit the frog no oh. i know what kermit the frog is okay that we'll would just be just... really embarrassing if i didn't so it's this Wouldn't kind of surprise <laughs> oh, wow no um so how dare you insult my knowledge of the Muppets? Um, so basically, it's this—it's this, it's this uh, picture of this monkey. I think it's a monkey or a bear. And the caption is Australia uh, dot dot whatever that thing is. What is it? A colon? Yeah. Everyone needs to work from home, and school will be run online. And then it goes the NBN colon, and it's just this really shifty-looking face. <laughs> Anyway, I thought it was really funny. Um, But, I mean, it seems to be holding up okay. But uh, at the same time, I guess we have to think about, well, what parts of Australia don't have access to the internet? Mm. Um, It's really exposing that divide of... um, It's almost... It becomes a... And welfare. Yeah. Welfare and equity issue. It's really... Really challenging. And that's not even getting into um, the economic challenge of people losing work and how the government's responding to that. That's definitely something I would be interested to unpack. Yes. Mm. And I think that's something that
1: needs to be unpacked. It can't be just something that can be done in general conversation. No. no. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the main point is that there were already people on welfare and Mm. there was already an economic disparity between social classes. Mm. And this is only going to make them worse. Not even talking about the people who are losing their jobs. Um, Like, these are going to further affect those people who are already getting welfare from the state.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And it's going to make it so much harder for them
0: to get back onto their feet. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that being said, I mean, we didn't even get onto everything, but there's just... This COVID-19 is bringing about so much change and it's exposing so many issues. I have a lot of empathy for our leaders or just leaders across the world who are yeah. really grappling with this crisis.
1: I mean, yeah, the ramifications from COVID-19, I mean, there's only so much that the leaders can predict and can deal mm. with because there are things that we don't know what it's going to affect Yeah, until it affects it,
0: absolutely, which is a
1: scary thought and- Any person who was at prime minister of Australia right now would be going through the same difficulties that he is.
0: Absolutely. And also I think about the incredible effort that is being um, done by healthcare workers. Yes. That's leadership at its finest. It's
1: absolutely just, I mean, we have a friend who, and I'm sure everyone has a friend or who knows someone who is a nurse, doctor, Mm. like, um, aged care worker, anyone in that sector who has seriously stepped up absolutely or not even stepped up but they're doing the same job that they've always done but we're finally recognizing what they do well yeah is probably more the point
0: yeah and they're putting themselves at risk to do that <laughs> exactly in this environment definitely all right on that note let's let's move to a positive story time woo i feel like uh, we'll put in uh, in the future some jingle music <laughs> Okay, no, I really regret that. I did some spirit fingers. <laughs> oh just
1: record Rosie going
0: Jiggle music <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> um so I wanna talk about two amazing things that I saw on Facebook. So the first one is uh one of my friends invited me to this Facebook group that someone set up where people are sharing tips, positive messages, and if they're in need with the situation surrounding COVID-19. And one thing specifically that I saw, which was so awesome, was uh, some young people organized um, to drive around and pick up long-life goods like canned food and whatnot and donate them to the um, Asylum Seeker Resource Center Food Bank. And they also, I mean, they took the appropriate hygiene precautions. They even checked with the police that it was all okay. But, I mean, I haven't even told them that, I was going to talk about it. I'm just—I <laughs> feel like I'm dobbing them in, <laughs> but just for something really amazing that was done by just you know everyday young people looking for ways that they can help their community and make the most of potentially if some people may have panic bought goods and they realize actually no, I don't need this right now, and they're thinking about asylum seekers mm. who are definitely missing out. I think with um, the some of the responses that are happening. Um, and the other the other story I um, will share is that another one of my friends invited me to like the Young Australians Coronavirus Community Support page on Facebook which is bringing together young volunteers that are committed to providing food and emotional support to elderly people and people who are self-quarantining and that's launching in I think the when I looked it was in four Victorian council areas so I'm not sure where that's happening now but my understanding was they're looking to expand that into other states and territories and basically these are just two examples of in my within my circle of people that I know of people just going above and beyond mm. to help out people and I wanted to share those positive stories yes. and I hope they make you feel inspired and you know. I've got to
1: say that um the young Australians coronavirus Community's support kind of touches really close to home for me mm. because I do work with elderly people and these people are lonely at the best of times yeah and like you know in social isolation at the best of times And this is just going to exacerbate that. And so if you feel like you want to get involved, Mm -hmm. it would be amazing because I I don't think people realize just, you know, what a letter can do to someone who just receives news from someone who they don't even know. It's just like a story that you can tell. So that's nice.
0: Absolutely. Love it. All right. (laughs) So uh, continuing on with our agenda, recognizing that we are pushing the time limit. Uh, (laughs) These were meant to be short episodes. (laughs) Maybe next time we'll have a shorter agenda. <laughs> um, we wanted to talk briefly about the, the difference between the Australian federal government responsibilities and the state government responsibilities. This was in response to a question that got on Instagram. Love it. Send in your questions to Instagram. Also, if you hear this weird noise, it's the slow cooker. It's... Can Our it, other
1: housemate is cooking a, a chicken tikka masala. I think so. I yeah. believe. Yeah. It smells really good. Yeah. Smell- next, yes. next episode will tell you how it tasted.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, slow cookers. It's bubbling away. It's bubbling. But
1: anyway. Or it's about to explode. Either <laughs>
0: way. Either way. It's Either way. Be captured live. <laughs>
1: um, Again, not live.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. I've gotten so confused All right, by the by the concept of being light. Anyway, um, so first before, Penny has two things she's going to share, two notes that she's taken. But before that, I wanted to um, set the scene for international listeners. Obviously, I, I did not flag this at the beginning, but I think in our COVID-19 special season, Corona, what? Oh <laughs> Penny's so unimpressed. Um we're pro- obviously, we're both in Australia, in the state of Victoria, so that's going to be our focus, but we're very interested to look at international experiences, and if you have a specific question, then we're happy to take it. Um, but, so, if you are new to Australia, we exist. Um, we have a federal government, the federal government of Australia, and then we have seven states and territories. Uh, Pretty sure it's six states and two territories. You know what, Penny? You're correct. (laughs) I retract my previous statement. That was made live. (laughs) Please remind me to never go into radio. (laughs) Okay. So, anyway, we're talking about the, the separation. And why I wanted to talk about this in the first episode is that I think something that we've all been grappling with is just... The amount of confusion and also the stress and anxiety that comes when, it, it, at one point last week it felt like every day there was a new announcement and it was yeah. either from the Prime Minister and then it was reiterated by the Premier and then maybe the Premier said something different or new and it, it, it kind of came a bit confusing and it was a bit overwhelming.
1: Yeah, it is overwhelming because then it comes to the point of who do you listen to mm. and what rules are you meant to abide by and who do you trust.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And trust is something that I think we'll definitely pick up and talk about in future episodes. and um, something I'm personally very interested in, the whole idea of, I, I mean, especially with COVID-19, how, um, you know, how we feel about democracy as young people and how, you know, mm-hmm. it's just... Well, um, how young people are losing faith in democracy. Yes, which is very especially much in Australia. In, yeah, mm-hmm. in past research. Uh, Penny. You've got two post-it notes in front of you.
1: <laughs> well, just to touch on that topic of um, state versus federal. So, um, because I'm a nerd, um, I was listening to Dan Andrews' little um, announcement this morning, his update to um, the Victorian All people. This morning, for
0: those not listening live. Oh! is <laughs> the it's 30th of March. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. Woo! <laughs>
1: Um, And he said something really interesting that I think kind of drives home Rosanna's point. Um, He said the curve is different. Therefore our response needs to be different. Mm. And he was obviously referring to the COVID-19 curve of um, infection. And he was saying that the national curve is very different to the Victorian curve. Mm -hmm. And therefore the Victorian response needs to be different. And that's why his policies were going to reflect that. and potentially either move a little bit more ahead of the national response.
0: Yeah. Yeah, great. And I I guess just um, picking up off that, to understand the underlying policy arrangements for why Victoria and other states can do things differently to the federal government, which might be confusing for international listeners where maybe you've only had your national government that's been telling you what's happening. Mm. So uh, obviously our... uh, Situation is because of our constitution, and I mainly just said that because I wanted to try and make a rhyme, and I immediately regretted it as soon as I said it. You should have um, heard the rapping. <laughs> Maybe you will. <laughs> um, so, uh, I had I had a little uh, investigation online, uh, and I should also add that uh, as they've talked about in the news, I think Scott Morrison and other premiers is that this is obviously an unprecedented situation, and there is no playbook. Right. And they're very much trying to adapt daily, I assume. Um, And I can understand why there wouldn't be a playbook, because I had a look online, as I said, and trying to understand the difference between state and federal responsibility when it comes to a health emergency is very confusing. So at a national level, we have national health emergency response arrangements. But these are specifically for how the health sector would respond to pandemics and such. And then when you go to, when you look at a state perspective, particularly in Victoria, we have a state health emergency response plan, uh, which gives a a slightly broader um, view of how we would manage health emergencies. But again, uh, there's definitely not a detailed or comprehensive playbook for how to manage a pandemic and the economic impact that it has. So, yeah, that's my... (laughs) to the question. <laughs> so that's why, as you said, um, the
1: states are able to... And we should to... point out that, um, I mean, what did you say? Yeah, the National Health Emergency Response Arrangements is from 2011. Yes. And the State Health Emergency Response Plan is t- 2017. Yeah.
0: And it's probably also worth keeping in mind that for Australia, I think bushfires, floods, drought, has have been very front of mind when it comes to emergencies. And maybe health has... You know, not had the attention that it needed when we now need.
1: And it. I think <laughs> the Australian people, because we've dealt with those things in the past, I feel not that it. I'm not taking away from the crisis that those things are, mm. but in some ways we know how to respond. Mm. Like we know what our place is and we know what our response is to those things.
0: Yeah, when there's yeah. So with the bushfires that happened over the summer. I guess people like us were donating, we were doing... More. We know
1: what our individual response
0: mm. would be to those crises. Mm. Whereas now,
1: in some ways, we can't do anything. We have to leave it up to the government and to the healthcare workers. Yeah. And that leaves us in a state of limbo, which is quite
0: frightening. It is. Which makes um, those individual actions that we talked about, the young people doing amazing things safely, reaching out to community members, even more amazing. Exactly, because this is totally new, and yeah, yeah, old well, times. Now I am conscious of the time, so let us get to the final item on the agenda. <laughs> I've got to stop referring it to isn't it to it as an agenda? It's like we're having a meeting. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I think I've been working from home too much. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, so the last thing that we, I thought we could do is we could join the WhatsApp group and download the app quote unquote live, but maybe we won't, maybe we won't do that. We'll just, we'll, we'll say that we're going to do it. And then in the next episode we'll report back and we'll say what, we'll tell you what, what the go is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I think that pretty much wraps up episode number one of special COVID 19 Corona. What <laughs> season of what the policy and Penny is so unimpressed with that name. <laughs> i'll get used to it i have to get used to it because
1: i'm stuck with you
0: (laughs) you really are you really are i mean especially now um so today march 30th we have new restrictions on you know going out but you can go out with people that you live with so yay Yeah.
1: We're all good here. But honestly, guys, reach out if you need to, want to. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have any questions, if you need any clarification, we'll do our best. Like we said at the beginning, we're not experts, but we love policy. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, I love policy. (laughs) (laughs) And I like bagging out Rosanna. (laughs) That's what makes us such a great team.
0: (laughs) All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Send questions and memes. Okay, bye!